to How I Live with RA podcast. So we are here to share our journey and our tips and hopefully what not to do when it comes to having rheumatoid arthritis. Your host, I am Millie and Marsha. So Marsha has been suffering from rheumatoid arthritis for many years now and is in stage four. Uh, who also happens to be my dearest mother. (laughs) So I hope you can take comfort in our story and join us on our journey. Hopefully we can help a few people out. And yeah, without further ado, let's say hi to my mum, who will give us a bit of insight. (laughs) Hi there, everybody. Uh, My name's uh, Marsha. And, you know, I've been suffering with um, RA probably for like over 16 years now, and I suppose... You know, the reason why I probably want to share my story is, you know, well, because I don't want my life of pain and and suffering to be for nothing, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I suppose I'm choosing to believe right now that this, you know, this is the purpose for me, you know, to tell my story, you know. And help anyone else out there as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it's really a story about really what not to do. Yeah. All right. <laughs> you know, because, you know, um, it's about, you know, how I got lost in, in the medical system, you know, how I got lost in, my, you know, depression and physical pain and, and even how I got lost in addiction, you know, and, you know, about how I felt, you know, when everyone else's life was just going on, you know, and I felt like mine was ending, you know. Yes. That's so, um, so young too because apparently the, you don't get it at your age normally. Yeah. Uh, so you were how old when you were diagnosed? I was about 40 so you know yeah the old line back then is you know life began began at 40 didn't go down too well with me at the time you know because (laughs) well no I would have been like 13 and I remember you thought you had cancer at first uh so tell I guess uh go over a bit about how you came about getting diagnosed I guess yeah well um well it, it it was probably a few years before I you know, what were you I feeling? Dying. You were feeling like you had, I think you told me you felt like you had cancer. Yeah, um, like I was very tired. I knew there was something wrong. Yeah. And for probably a few years before I was going, I was going to doctors, you know, they, they, they did all the tests for all the symptoms that I had, you know. Um, they, they checked me for rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, gout, you know, all the stuff, um, you know. And so it, it didn't, didn't show up on the blood test? No, it didn't show up on the blood test, so it's very hard to... You know, the doctors just thought, and then they were telling me that, am I depressed? <laughs> you know, and then I started thinking, well, am I depressed? You know, because I'm like, but you know how you know your own body. Were you, you know? fatigued? Like, go over the symptoms, I guess, of, like, you're in pain. Um, like, sharp, like, yeah, go over kind of, I guess, like, what back, your symptoms were. Back then, it was probably more like um, aching, as in, you know, like, yeah. yeah. You know, and I thought it was I was just run down and tired because I did a lot of shift work and everything, and, and it, it was easy to think that I'm just tired and run down. And um, but like it was more muscles, kind of in the beginning, almost. Yeah, like and just fatigued. Yeah, you know, like you kind of start to, you know, by the end of the day, you feel like you're in slow motion, and it's like yeah. your body, you know, it's like you, you feel like you're seizing up, kind of thing, you know, like. Um, and Were you cramping? Yeah, well, not actually cramping. It was like, um, 
you feel like you, you can't move your, your legs. Like when I was working on my legs all the day, by the end of the day, because, you know, like I used to get, you know, years ago, you'd get sore feet and, you know, you'd put your feet up when you got home and then it, the pain would ease and then, um, you know, every, you'd feel a bit better. But this, this kind of wasn't going away. And you were very active, like you were an active person. Yeah, I was yeah. very active, yeah. And um, I, you know, I really, you know, I was persevering with the way I was feeling because yeah. I was just sort of listening to doctors. I was really wasn't being proactive with my own health because I was just, I just felt exhausted. So, you know, well, like... you a, did raise two kids, like me and my yeah. sister are a year, a year, not even a year apart. So I think that, you know, having two kids and then kind of just throws you through a bit of a loop, really. Yeah, well, I went back to work when um, I think you were two and a half, I think, you know. Yeah. Um, I did a lot of, I suppose, a lot of physical work. Um, so you started getting symptoms at around 35. Yeah, probably, yeah, and I was like, and I, and I kept I kept having to kind of, I'd work for like months, you know, probably get up to about eight months, then I have to give it up, yeah. especially, in the, especially in the summertime, because I was just, I'm thinking, what's wrong with me? You know, like I, I know I would, um, you know, and eventually I think I was just starting this new job and I got this really bad pain in my toe and I thought I'd kick my toe because I think we just moved house and I kicked my toe. I thought I'd kick my toe and I broke it. So I went to the doctors. Um, I think my older daughter was with me at the time and she said, oh, I think you did kick your toe, Mum, when you were leaving. So maybe, <laughs> you know, Throws you under the bus. And, and maybe I did, you know, like, so, you know, he just gave me Voltaire and, okay. and, yeah. and, and, and kind of sent me on my way. And that kind of got me through yeah. at the time. And I kept working because I just started this new job. I didn't want to give it up. And I'm thinking, you know, like everybody, you need the money, you know, yes, so you kept, you kept pushing yourself. And then, you know. Especially after getting blood test and then you think, oh, everything's good. Yeah, like yeah, well, just assume. Oh well, that's okay. That's come back. Like it's got to be something else. It's got to be me. I've just been just feeling this way for whatever reason. Um, yeah. So how did it come about that when you actually got diagnosed? Like how did they ended up finding what it was? Yeah. Well, I I just ended up the pain just got worse. It just spread more through my body, and I ended up it ended up in like in my arms, in my shoulders, and I was like. The pain was so severe. I don't think I've ever had pain so bad in my life, you know. And it was actually, I think it was a lead up where I was actually sitting in the couches at night trying to sleep. It was so bad. And I, I was kind of vomiting. And um, I think my husband called the ambulance. Um, okay, yeah. I called the ambulance and then I ended up in hospital. And, of course, they organised a bone scan. Okay. So and until then, the bone scan, they didn't. That's how they found out, really. Yeah, yeah, it was. I was riddled with. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That the machine just lit up like a Christmas card. It goes to show, though. Like, imagine if no one got a bone scan. Yeah. Yeah. For all that time, and they just, you know what I mean? Like the and the disease has progressed in that time, obviously. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's got to yeah. been all. And that's why, because, and then I was diagnosed with zero negative arthritis, which is. You know, it is one. You know, the RA that doesn't show up in the blood test, but because it's it was zero negative, zero negative is a lot harder to detect, and it's and it's it gives the the disease a lot more time to kind of, um, you know, kick in. You know, and it makes it harder to stop and harder to send into remission because it's already taken hold of your body before they find it. Because when I was in the when I was first seeing the rheumatologist. 
it was a couple of weeks later, they said, we normally like to get to it before this because, you know, you've got zero negative, you know, like, it, you know, it's hard to detect and, you know. What's the difference between zero negative and stage four? Is that the same thing or? Yeah, yeah, zero negative and, and RA, they're both the same thing. It's just that it's like one shows up in the blood test and one doesn't. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, well, uh, zero negative, just like they said, it can take hold of the body. You know, it can be a lot, it can be worse because it's like they can't detect it and it can get into your body. And what take stage were you when you were diagnosed? Well, they said you don't take the drugs, you'd be crippled in two years. Oh, wow, yeah, okay. So you're already pretty much stage four when you found out? Well, no, I was, no, I was probably, I was only in the probably, oh, no, I was probably in a couple of stages by the time I found out. No, like I'm probably in stage four now where yeah. everything's starting to seize up. Well, my knee, I mean, my knees have already seized. I've had two total knee replacements. Um, that, that was like eight years ago, like... So yeah, didn't take long for my knees to start seizing. Um, like your hands yeah. are still, I think that's what we're, we're trying to do moving forward is we want to implicate, I guess, a diet plan to see whether there's gonna be actual proper changes that happen when you actually change your diet because that's the one thing I guess a lot of people have been saying is that it's got to do with your diet. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah, so, okay. so I guess the, the worst thing with RA is obviously the, the pain. Uh, what, what I guess what damage has it done to your body over the last six, I guess you've had 16 years you've had it now? I guess yep. from I guess from the beginning to where you're at now, like uh, what, what kind of damage has it done to the body? Well, um, well, I'll probably start from my, I'll start from my feet. Okay, my feet are, bit, my feet are probably a bit deformed and I can't wear lady shoes anymore. You know, I've got to wear men's shoes because ladies' shoes, because of my feet deformity. You know, I've really got to wear men's shoes because they've really spread out and kind of, you know, in that way, so. And you have a lot of pain in the feet as well. Yeah, like, even though, like, I've had my two total knee replacements, which, you know, which is great, you know, I had them done and uh, which allowed me to walk, but I still can't walk very long because of the pain in my feet and yeah. my ankles, because my ankles are kind of seizing. As well, well, that's yeah. where it began. It began in the feet and were obviously attacked the knees first in your first stages. Um, and then, yeah, what did you start feeling after that? I guess it progressed. Took about two years. Well, like, went from my first knee replacement, like, uh, but I was on crutches for. Oh, yeah, you were. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. I was on crutches for quite a while before I got my knee replacements because yeah. the knees just, the knee the left knee just completely seized, you know, pretty much seized up so I could hardly even bend it. So that was, that was a nightmare, I suppose, you know, sleep depression. What age was that? Um, well, that was about eight years ago, I think I had my first knee replacement. So, um, so about four, oh God, I don't know, what's the calculation 40, so, there? <laughs> so eight from, um, so I'm 57 now. Um, okay, so you're 49. Um, yeah. So you got diagnosed at 40, showing symptoms at 35, then at 49 was when you got your first surgery? Yeah. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be something like that. And then two years later, I had the next knee. By the time I had the one knee done, by the, within two years, my other knee had completely gone. Okay, so, yeah. So they did my other knee. Um, 
And what kind of healing process was that? Because how long were you healing for? Would have been a while. Yeah, the the rehab was pretty... The rehab was, you know, tough, you know. Yeah. um, Challenging and that, but... I tell you, you know, if you get in there and do the physio and do what they tell you and everything, it was worth it in the end, you know what I mean? Um, I really... Um, what do yeah. they do when they get when they get in there? Like, when they do the knee replacement? Like, what do they actually... They Do they replace it with, like, an artificial thing or do they just remove what they can of the disease? No, well, mine was complete total knee replacement, so they chopped okay. mine right out yeah oh my god <laughs> sounds a bit barbaric but <laughs> I, I, I was going to watch one of those um i started oh watching god i could never i i can't watch knee, anything medical <laughs> i started watching one of the knee replacement um videos on youtube but, but no i got to the start of it no, no, no i'm not going to do that to myself. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. i'd rather not know <laughs> oh my gosh yeah, well, that's, that's probably another another story for another yeah. day. Yeah, like, yeah, there's there's a lot I could say about you know the you know the operation, the the rehab, and yeah. all that stuff. You know, and um, then they started. So you would have been on medication, obviously, from the beginning. What did they start you on when you well, first found out? They had me on. They started me on methotrexate. Well, prednisone was the first thing they popped me up with, which they've been doing for the last sixteen years, pretty much. You know, is that um, like a drug that you can have all the time? Like, why do they cease giving that to you? No, because it's well, because it's really bad for you. Oh, okay. okay. Supposedly, yeah. it's bad for your heart, bad for yeah, it does a lot of supposedly it damages your body in, in yeah. other ways. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, prednisone and methotrexate, they started me on. Then they they had me on all the, you know, the tablet form ones. They had me on, you know. Um, uh, Plaquenil, um, Cervozacine. And it's not meant to, obviously this is a non-curable disease, everybody, I don't, obviously people who have this disease would, would know about it, but for people who don't and just stumble across this, uh, RA is, uh, it's not curable, it is just a disease that they have to manage, basically. Yeah. So those drugs, they would have done, I think, do you have to take separate ones for pain? Or, like, is there two drugs that you have to take like at the same time? Like. Or no, I think one drug they I think some things were like they're anti-inflammatory, so some things would would help with the pain, and then sometimes you'd have to take maybe you'd take have to take other pain, you know, like I'd take Panadol or um, Panadol. Like that. Geez, that wouldn't do much. No, well, it, it doesn't really. Like, um, oh my um, god, <laughs> I was probably Panadol. Probably in the beginning, I was popping and everything. I could probably, you know, yeah. <laughs> not that I'd like to admit that, but I was probably. It didn't deal with it very well. In the and you didn't do anything natural either. Like, so it was just obviously your pharmaceutical, whatever the doctor recommended through Medicare system. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. yeah, you didn't try any herbal stuff or in the beginning or... Well, I think I, I think I went it, but, you know, like I was always... You entertained like, the idea of it. Yeah, like, yeah. I think I read a lot of stuff, but never, you know, because I suppose, you know, financially, I, you know... I couldn't afford just to be buying things to find out whether yeah. they were going to work, yeah. you know, like it was a bit like that. And, and you know, you, people don't realise, you know, you don't realise that the chronic fatigue that goes with, that's probably, I mean, it's almost worse than the pain. Yeah. You know, yeah. The, the chronic fatigue because, you know, you can't think, you can't, you know, and, you know, it's easy for everyone to say, oh, well, you know, let's just, we'll start up a diet plan. We'll do that. You know, we'll, let's, let's just, we'll do this, you know, do on, um, 
And even when the doctors are saying it to you, it's like, you know, you're in this brain fog where, like, you haven't even got the energy. You've got hardly got the energy to um, do, do what you've got to do. Yeah. You know? Well, um, obviously, physically, it's taken this toll, but then it, it obviously takes that mental toll as well. Yeah, yeah. On I think the mental toll has been really, really bad, you know? Yeah. Um, and, like, getting back to the medication, like, they, you know, they said to me that, you know, you've got to try all the other medications before they'll put you on the the better medications <laughs> like there's a like there's a protocol where so for about four years i was popping you know the the tablet form yeah and and you do it for you know you'd see your rheumatologist every three to six months so you would hmm, you would try this tablet way. for three months this tablet for three you know this one for three months if that doesn't work then you try this one for another the next month and then if you don't try it that one doesn't work and it was you kind of like that experimenting on you for the first yeah, yeah. Oh so you, they're kind of just you're like a guinea pig you know, yeah. for, the first, oh my Lord. for the first four you know probably four years it was like that and then they and then of course um they started me on the you know injections and the infusions you know like um embryo and um, Actemera and um, Marencia, like there's you know a few different ones, just about all the ones I think I've been on. Well, that's pretty much like, you know, like it's just you, you went on it and it kind of, you know, the disease just kept wearing up, um, I suppose. And up till this day, now I'm still on the injections. Now I'm on methotrexate injections. So at no point your rheumatoid arthritis has gone into like what they call as what they call remission for RA is just a state of dormancy for the disease. So it's not um, it's still obviously it's always going to be there, but it's dormant. Um, so that's what they call I think remission for yeah. RA patients. Yeah. Have you ever experienced any type of remission in the 16 years with any of the medications? No. Okay. No, and that's and I suppose that's what's frustrating. You know, I meet a lot of other people with rheumatoid arthritis. Yeah, you know that they say, oh, you know, I've got a flare up today and all this sort of thing, and I'm thinking, oh my god, you know, like mine is just like that. I'm in a flare up 24 hours a day, you know, yeah. like pretty more so probably now, like in this stage. Um, and uh, there probably was times when I was on the medication, you know, on the medication, you know, it would ease off. I suppose you could put it that way. Um, so you've tried to wean your uh, yeah I think you have tried to wean yourself off the meds a few times. Yeah. Um, was that your own attempt or was that the doctor telling you to? No, no. Well, I suppose I have you know <laughs> yeah because I I probably um, because nothing was really I felt there was nothing really working. working I'm popping, yeah. I'm popping all this stuff like I'm taking all this stuff and I'm thinking you know. Um, paranoid about what it's all doing and, yeah, and yeah. Then, yeah and then I'm thinking you know of course I had you know I had my friend say to me you know like you know Marcia you've got to think of quality of life you know stay you know be on the medication you know like um yeah so it was so you can at least like last longer basically and I think it was hard you know trying to stick to a diet trying to do all that when you're in pain it's like yeah, yeah. trying to stick to something. It's with a, a massive mental challenge to, yeah. 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 Because, you know, I, 
you know, if you don't have good foundations from, you know, like when you were young. The get-go, yeah. You know, from the get-go, you know, like, you know, it's like you kind of just keep converting back to your old ways. Yeah, force a habit, yeah. Yeah, and you just, you know. Um, Plus a bad day will just sink. Like you could be going good for a whole week and then a bad day will just sink you. Yeah. So yeah. it's, yeah, it's it would be extremely I mean normal people get that I get that being a normal person who's not suffering from any disease like I just have shut down days where you're just like oh, I don't want to do anything anymore imagine having you know that disease and like you just because you already feel like you there's nothing kind of going on for you or that there's no hope in a sense like a shut down day is like 10 times worse yeah. in a way yeah it's um, you have to be very pos- like internally positive and you'd have to work at it every day. Yeah. I think that probably is a difference, a little bit different to me now than probably what I was, you know, all those years ago. Like, it's, it has been... My disease has... It slowed me down. Yeah. It slowed me down, but in, in turn, it's made me think more about... And it's probably given me more time... Um, since I've probably given up, have to had to give up work, you know, I've had to, you know, ch- I suppose I've learnt a little bit to change the way I'm thinking, to um, learn a lot of, I've learnt a bit, lot about myself over the years. So it's, you know... Um, because you have nothing really to focus on but yeah, yourself. And yeah, I, and yeah, I've learnt a lot about, yeah, I didn't, I, you know, I wasn't working so... You know, I had to. I, I could really see things about myself that I didn't notice before because I was so busy. Yeah. You know, and I was so, you know, um, you know, having having a bit OCD as well. I was like, you know, bull yeah. of a goat comes. She has with crazy OCD. <laughs> you know, so which doesn't like, help this whole situation. <laughs> so like, yeah, like so. Like wanting to get up and do a thousand things, and you're just distracted by a thousand things, and then you have no mm-hmm. energy or resources like physically to do it like it's yeah 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 so that's you know that's challenging it's like an internal prison really yeah yeah Yeah, it does seem like that sometimes and um and and i suppose i'm seeking i'm searching and you know i i think that this has probably given me a purpose to you know just reach out and share the journey because there's so many people looking for information like i remember when my mum first got this disease i went i mean i was 13 at the time so i probably didn't quite understand it but then when obviously the internet got more popular and like you know because i think it wasn't too crazy (laughs) back then but now you can find information at a click of a button now so obviously i've gone through everything and anything that i possibly can natural remedies well honestly some something some indian person did 20 years ago (laughs) the most randomest things that i could find just to try and find a solution basically and i I know there's hundreds of other people doing it for their families or their loved ones who have this disease or people who have this this disease themselves they're going to be looking for this information so uh, i guess what we're hoping to do is after we obviously you know show the world who we are in a sense so we're we're going to be, I guess, sharing uh, Mum's journey moving forward. We're going to be making a few changes, a few diet changes and a few other, you know, uh, exercise routines and things like that for people in stage 4 rheumatoid arthritis and hopefully that can benefit, if, uh, you know, if one person can benefit from that out there, then we've, our mission has been, I guess, achieved. 
yeah, yeah. That sounds really good because it'll like it gives me a purpose of, you know, like especially maintaining. Look, I've probably read everything there is out there to read about, yeah. you know, diets and mm. you know, like everything you know about physio and you know, there's a lot of good things I've learnt and. I'd really like to have the purpose to put that into practice. Yeah. You know, because one thing knowing it all, it's another thing doing it. Yeah, like this consistency and I'm thinking, you know, maybe if I can just get on and talk about it and, you know, like actually put it into practice and almost guinea pig on yourself, that's kind of what we're gonna be doing moving forward. And and (laughs) if I hope if and if I really know someone's out there listening and someone else is there, you know, hoping to, you know, go along this journey with me. Even you know, like, people with just getting it, just finding out. Like they could be stage one and if they made this change or did, you know, just kind of got some advice straight away and just had evidence that it actually worked with someone. Like I've done a lot of, uh, when I'm looking for a lot of stuff, I find a lot of, you know, uh, what are they called, you know, people who actually like nutritionist or a rheumatolo- what are they called, rheumatology? Rheumatologists? Yeah, yeah, rheumatologists. Yeah. yeah, like I find them doing a lot of videos. But, but like I don't, I need to see someone who actually has the disease benefit from the changes they've made or the what they've done to to I guess benefit their their situation I want to see the actual progress I want to see that yeah. it actually works because if I could see that I could be like hey mum this actually works for this lady but I can't yeah. take that advice of a naturopath telling me that you know if I visit her twice a week I'm going to be cured in a year like I can't really believe that unless I see it really so yeah, yeah. all the time like yeah what do i believe what you know who's who's just out there selling something you know like yeah, I just, exactly. you know, <laughs> who's like, out there to help me or who's out there to make a dollar pretty much yeah, like i'm just you know i'm well i'm a conspiracy theorist kind of person so well, I, always, I, mean, I always think there's like a cure for everything they just don't tell us <laughs> pretty yeah, much <laughs> but well, you never I know think- well, I, I think I've learnt enough that, you know, basically it's about digestion. You know, rheumatoid yeah. arthritis has got a lot to do with digestion. So, you know, I've thought about, okay, I'm just going to, you know, get together all the, as many anti-inflammatory foods as I can manage in my diet, get them all and, you know, like really kind of make it, like do that, like if I can kind of make that kind Stick of a that for a whole month well you've got to kind of do that change now anyway because we're hoping to do surgery we're obviously mum's at the stage now where she needs to get hand surgery and wrist surgery at one point uh probably within the next you know 12 months um so to, in order to do that you have to not be flared up is that right you don't you could, yeah, it's got yeah, to be like it. not flared so you have to make this diet change to see if that's going to reduce your flare up to so you can even be considered for, for surgery yeah, that's yeah, that's what my rheumatologist just told me. Um, and so we'll yeah, be documenting all her food. You can follow it on the blog. Uh, we'll be doing a food diary and obviously doing, you know, a few uh, photos here and there of just the progress of uh, you know her hands and her stages. And uh, you can go there and check it out. Uh, I guess I want to go over I guess how it's affected your life because there's obviously people who are in early stages and late stages. Um, yeah, how's I guess yeah how's it affected the the quality of your life. Yeah, well, you know, probably um, from the beginning, obviously, it affected my work and, you know, being able to bring in an income. So, you know, I had to eventually give up work. Um, Of course, I put on 30 kilos, you know, like, which is because I couldn't walk and couldn't... And exercise, yeah. And pain and everything like that. And plus, 
probably tablets and stuff like that that hasn't helped with all that and medication. Um, like physically, it's, it's obviously prevented you from doing a lot of normal things, like like you said, working. Um, I guess what it has affected you mentally, like 16 years of having rheumatoid arthritis at your stage, like it just would, the toll that it would take, I guess, yeah, that just the people listening, I guess, what has it felt like, I guess, yeah, internally? Yeah, well, um, I suppose I was um, probably, because I was a person that he, you know, that really didn't show my feelings or... You're didn't. a people pleaser too, like you, yeah. you and, and you do it to this day, like you put everyone else before yourself. So you're yeah, so yeah. used to being active and helping everyone and then you've had to go to, yeah, how you're feeling now, basically. Yeah, and I'm... Um, it's a really hard one to talk about because... Um, like explain depression because you've got to be real with people. Like, it, it is depressing. Like, this, yeah, this morning, like, yeah, explain how you feel on those bad days. Like, you know, so people know what to expect, I guess, on, on the worst day. Well, um, I mean, you just want to die. I mean, yeah. like, sometimes you just feel like, if this is how my life's going to be, um, you know, I don't want to live, but... Have you found I'm, other things, like like I said, like if it's affected your life, have you found other things that you can't... Yeah, it kind of led me, it kind of led me into, you know, um, you know, finding, uh, trying to run away. Because, you know, you've got to realise I grew up in a family that, you know, like my parents moved, you know, 46 times before I was even, you know, before I was 15. You know, like, so, you know, I grew up in a in a life where every you know you just ran away you had a problem you ran away from it so you know my whole life with you know the, my whole you know thing with my rheumatoid arthritis is I was running away from it all the time I was running away from my pain distracting was, yourself almost like yeah, not really was, focusing on it it kind of you know um I kind of end up you know getting addicted to you know going down I was playing the poker machines well I had a, a husband he was a heavy drinker you know so you know we were in the pub yeah, so, yeah. At, at the time you know like so it was kind of it kind of it was a way out for me at the time it was like a release distraction yeah it was a distraction and it was it, it was a time in my life which was really a nightmare and we didn't have much money like let's be real yeah like and it wasn't really and it wasn't it, to do like I think like I think I've had this talk to you like it wasn't about money it was it was a distraction like almost just like getting out of your own life well it's like any addiction really where it's yes. you're really trying to run away from whatever you're feeling and um and it wasn't really about the m amount of money like it probably i was probably only sp spending a minimum amount of money probably you know sometimes in comparison to like you know you want to say about gambling it was more about the guilt yeah the the because of the person I was I you know it was it was I never believed in gambling I never believed you know I was you know um, I never believed it was right I believe in God you know I believe in you know like that you know it was you know like it, you, you you really don't believe you really it's it's so hard to believe that you can end up in something you know that you'd never believe that you'd be involved in yeah it's like well, a lot of people go down that track. Like that's probably a very common, yeah. common thing. Um, 
but it was a nightmare for me because and well this disease just started taking over your body your whole life has changed going from this physical working person to now someone who can't use their body properly yeah and because I think it, it kind of led me there earlier on because I was so fatigued and I was yeah. looking for um, and you know kind of started off that my you know my husband said to me no um, you know oh why don't you go and you know chuck a couple of boats in the pokies you know, yeah. And, yeah. and it just started like that and it was like and it became this release it became this yeah. and it wasn't even about winning it wasn't even about it was just like and because I didn't have you know really not saying an unhappy marriage but I didn't really have that emotional support in my marriage. Yeah. I was told I was told by a, a gambling counsellor that that's what you're doing, you're having an affair with the poker machine. <laughs> it's probably more exciting. <laughs> well, you know, like I mean Oh my god. But anyway, don't get me started, but anyway. We love father, um, but if you if yeah. <laughs> no words but, need to yeah, be like it's, you know, it's it's like all of us, like we... We all have our, yeah, we've all got our, what do they call it, red flags. <laughs> but it was, yeah, like, um, I think it's the stress, though, that it yeah. put on. It put, like, because it's 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 about trust and everything. Like, yeah. it affected my... But know, that's not dad. emotionally supportive. Like, I can't, yeah. like, if you don't have emotional support... And he yeah. has his own bloody issues going on, people. Like, he's got it, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, but if you don't have that emotional support, especially with a journey like this, you, you're pretty much alone. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? In your own head and everything. Like, if you're going through, I mean, you've got support, but you don't. Like, the, not the support. Like, you've got the physical support, you know, he drives you to the appointments, you know, things like that. But you really need, especially when you've got to change your lifestyle, you've got to change your whole exercise routine, your diet, everything's got to be changed. Like, for example, Dad will still have in the cupboard junk food. Yeah. And Mum's got to be on this strict diet, but he still has junk food. And like, like anyone in the house, like if, you, if you're in the house, you, you're going to eat it. Like, it's, it's there, you're going you're gonna to have it, okay, people? Yeah, no, it does like, make it hard. If but there's chocolate I'm in the fridge, I'm going to eat it. Like, it's just it's gone. <laughs> but because I am a person that really, you know, I don't like to run other people's lives. I don't like to run yeah. his life. You know, like, you know, that... But that's the people-pleaser thing. Like, the yeah, number one rule... Like, you know, is, but being, being like that just makes your life a lot harder, honestly. I'm telling you, people out there. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm a real B-I-T-C-H, people. Like, I just live for myself every day, all day. Don't give a rat's about nothing. She's, she's she's learned from my mistakes, you know. Yeah, I don't I don't deal with people's shit. I'm just like, nope, I'm doing my own thing. <laughs> I don't know. We, we and I tell to you to do that all the time. I say, just forget everyone else. I tell her to run away. I'm like, just <laughs> run. <laughs> I will give you money. Just get out of there. Go to a <laughs> retreat. Be a hippie. Like, just zone out, like, the rest <laughs> of your day. It's like, I give you full permission. <laughs> oh, God. Um, that, that does sound so nice. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. Oh, going back to the, the, the medication. Quick note with anyone listening. I want to know if anyone out there who's been doing everything privately, like obviously we're going through the Medicare system, which is the government system in Australia. Um, things move a bit slow. No offence, but they do. 
um, I want to know if you know, comment below or comment on the blog or kind of write into us whether your private uh, specialist appointments or experience has been different. Like, do you find they put you on any different medications that you've heard here today or any other different strategies that you can send in? Um, yeah, I'd just like to hear about that. Sorry, Mum, continue. Yeah, yeah, that would be, yeah, I'd like to hear that too. Just to see whether like a private kind of, because I've said all the time, like I'm happy to pay, like, you know, to, to go privately now that, you know, we've saved a bit of money, like I'm happy to obviously do those things. Um, but we need, a, I'll, I'll just be interested to know whether it's been different to what the medical system, I guess the Medicare system's provided. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that would be, before you even decide, it'd be nice to have some input with that. Yeah, because obviously you're happy to pay $600 if they've got like a, if they put you on certain things that have, yeah, you know what I mean? I think everyone knows what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think uh, what we're saying about the pain, like, so it hasn't really adjusted how you, because I know that you wake up some mornings, you're still extremely... Because what, because what happens is once the rheumatoid arthritis has eaten away the attack your your cervical joints or whatever it is, it takes all the way all the you know, the movable stuff in your joints. And once it's chewed away all that, it turn you, you you end up with osteoarthritis and then the rheumatoid arthritis drugs don't work for osteoarthritis. So, <laughs> Lovely. so then you've got to try and work out some sort of you know and there's not a lot of stuff out there for osteoarthritis, you know, it's more you know, you've got osteo, panadol osteo and things like that, you like pain stuff because, you know, it gets down to shoulder replacements and, um, you know, obviously some people get osteoarthritis. My, my ended up, you know, I had rheumatoid arthritis and of course osteoarthritis in the knees, it kind of just destroys them. You know, I've got one elbow that doesn't kind of thing and my wrists are seizing fingers, you know, like, um, so eventually, I have heard that you can get the shoulders replaced, but um, it's, you know, obviously it wouldn't be like... That would like be your last resort. I yes. Guess. Yeah. But, it, but you end up getting it done because of the pain. Yeah. See, and I think with the... So what because, is the medication doing? Like because the rheumatoid, because you, you've got, you've still got the rheumatoid arthritis, you've got the other symptoms of rheumatoid arthritis, which is... Um, you've got your pain, right? You've got all your joints. Then you've got the chronic fatigue and the um, y y nausea, feeling unwell. You feel like you've got a fever all the time. Yeah, that would be right? awful. So the, the rheumatoid arthritic drugs kind of help a little bit with that. Okay. Like when they relieve those symptoms, but the, the disease is too, still progressing. So you're still in pain, but you're able to function. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, um, because what happens if you go off the drugs, then you, you know, like if you get the full on bought of it, you've got the, you know, you get the chronic fatigue, you get the feeling unwell, you get you get all the pain, you get all the swelling, your whole body kind of seizes up. Um, then you have to pump your body through a prednisone to try and try and bring it all down again, which is what they've just done to me. You know, like if you, you know, but. You know, I've been on the medication for quite a while now, trying to, but, um, you know, they're really telling me that really my wrist probably shouldn't be seizing like they are on the medication yeah. because this 
one I'm on now, this Atkemera, they said to me that it makes my blood results look good. Yeah. Right, which which is really frustrating me at the moment. And I said, how how was that? How was that? You know, how was that like working? Like, yeah, why am I in all this pain? And my blood results say that I'm not that that you know my inflammation is perfect. My inflammation, my you know. Um, yes, yeah, questionable. Yeah. So, and he said, oh yeah, the act camera can do that. <laughs> Like, drug that's pretty much masks your symptoms. Yeah, like, oh. um, and I'm thinking, well, you know, like, oh, um, can't catch a bloody break. Because uh, obviously you, know, really, you need those really, results uh, to be not not good to move up in the line, don't you, like, in a way. Um, like if your blood results were showing that you were in pain and that the disease is, you know, bad news basically, you would get more attention. Like you would, or you'd get pushed to, I don't know, they would change something to try and help you if that makes sense. But if your blood results are normal, you don't, like you don't kind of get the attention you need. Is that, is that? No, that's happening? exactly right. Like if the okay. blood tests are normal, they just keep you running on the same medication. They yeah, just sign so a script. Oh, it looks and, good. It's, it's good. You're yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. just sign a script and send you out the door. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Pretty much like the same as in the beginning. Like they just didn't. They don't ca like if they didn't catch on, and then you're you're suffering. Yeah. You know what I mean? Look, like, look, I understand the you know the. Um, like they're all wonderful. Like that's the whole Medicare system. The idea of it is wonderful. What it does is wonderful. But yeah. sometimes I think doctors have worked so long with people day in day out that they just get sick of it in a sense, yeah. and they don't. It's it's you're not a person anymore. You're a number during yeah. the day. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it's nothing personal against the system. It's more just if you just happen to come across you know a public doctor that's just had had enough for the day. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? You get kind of overlooked, yeah. and that that's a problem. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah, you got to be yeah. enthusiastic. Yeah. You know, I guess yeah. that's why it is. I guess if you do have the money, you know, you probably get a little bit more attention when you pay. The, you know what I mean? Like when you have to give them money like they've got to give you a bit more attention yeah and and you know if you pay you get a little bit more you know pro proactive with your yeah you can get a bit more proactive with your you know treatment with your and things you know, like, with that, your yeah. treatment, like that you know because if you could go like I think about it if I could go to regular like I have the care plan where I try and get do my physios and stuff like that which helps me you know helps relieve a bit of um, because because your joints are really out of whack, you know, it sends your muscles and, you know, like, um, fall into disarray a bit as well. So, you know, you probably do need, you know, like it would be helpful probably to have regular physios maybe. Yeah, definitely. You know, once a week or something like if you, if you have the money, you know, like it would be. Yeah, um, a necessity. Yeah, like, or even massages, if you're that sort of person, I suppose, would even help, you know. Um, You'd really have to convert into like a full health guru. Well, really, it's it's pretty much because I'm I'm you know the you know my hand seizing up. It's it's being the most upsetting, probably the most frustrating, upsetting and scary time, time scary time of my life because yeah. I'm thinking you know you know hand surgery could be my only option to you know get back some sort of. Mobility, yeah, and independence, you know, down the track. Like yeah. I'm thinking, and I'm thinking, really, diet and nutrition, which I haven't really stuck with, with consistency. So it's really, 
I'm feeling, you know, at the moment, it's my only option. It's I need same to do time this. now, yes. You know, I need to. I need to do this. I need to prove to myself one way or the other. Yeah, whether this is actually good, whether diet actually has, because obviously if it helps you in stage four, it's got to help people in stage one. Yes. You know what I mean? And that, I guess, I mean, there's people getting diagnosed with this every day. So, yes. that, you know what I mean? If that, That's the goal here, basically. Yes. And then, you know, like, because that's really what my plan is, what my plan and my mission purpose, you know, from now on, you know, like, um, because that's why I brought the, because really this is what's upsetting me. This is the most yeah. challenging um, and it's going to be your hardest challenge. Like I said, it's a, it's a mental. You, you're going to wake up every day in pain, fatigue, sick, and you're going to have to work through that mentally in the beginning of every single day and stick to your diet, stick to your routine. And that's going to be hard. Yeah. It'll be really hard. But yeah. if, we, if you can do it for 30 days, hopefully be eligible to obviously, you know, get, get surgery and... If it works, if it actually makes a big difference, then other people can definitely jump on board and do the same thing well, straight away. Can, well, hopefully I can really, you know, stick to it as much as I can and really, you know, make a life change. You yeah. Know? I mean, it, it, in reality, it's a good change. It, it's eating healthy. It's eating... Well, it's mostly like good, like, or what do they call it? Like uh, natural foods, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it's a good change. Like it's you know making that. It's not the end of the world. It's not like you're never going to enjoy good food again, people. Well, I love. I love I'm, I, well, I'm lucky that I love a lot of all the anti-inflammatory foods. So yeah, I I can put a lot into that. You it's know. just getting the junk food out of the house. It's <laughs> yeah. just like yeah, working mentally. Like you can do it, but it's hard because you've got to share a home. You've got to kind of work through all that mental anguish and pain in the beginning of every day and yeah it's a challenge yeah that's right um, it's a challenge worth worth doing yeah because it, and plus you know i i knew i do need to lose weight you know um, oh yeah that too and yeah losing some weight because well. i'm pretty sure losing weight would help my feet a lot and then losing weight i'm thinking because i'm a, i'm already into my you know eighth or ninth year of my first knee replacement i've already had it for nearly nine years so you know, um, I'm probably, because they say knees, you know, your knees can, my left knee is actually starting to play up a little bit. So, you know, I could be in back in for another knee replacement within, you know, over the next five years. Ugh. So they can um, go again, they can replace yeah, it again. So because, because I'm only young, because normally they don't do knee replacements until you're over 60. Oh, I've, met, I've met a lot of old people that just have arthritis, you know, osteoarthritis in the knees. And they said, yeah. oh, they won't do it until I'm, you know, um, 60, you know, okay. like, and of course I had mine done, you know, because mine was so severe. Yeah, I couldn't even they could they couldn't even move them, move my knee, you know, like really, um, because I, I went through a stage of, uh, you know, that um, what are they? The cortisone injections, you know. Mm -hmm. I went through all those times of years, probably of cortisone injections until my knee completely seized up and then yeah. of course um knee replacement surgery was the only option then but um but anyway i have hope to you know get on this journey and you know hope you know i can share Bring that with some it. positivity to having ra in a sense <laughs> yeah yeah like that you know there is 
light. There is light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping, you know. We'll be going through, obviously, uh, a lot of topics, uh, I guess, with mental health as well, um, because I think that's going to be a lot of people's, uh, I guess, hurdle. Um, it's been such with a RA. Big, yeah, it's been a such big, you know, a big battle for me. Yeah. That's for sure. So, you know. Mental health is important to people. Yes, it that's is. That's for sure. Because if you can get your head into place, you yeah. can it, right? your body will follow. Your brain is crazy <laughs> impressive. <laughs> you know, lock into that section of the brain. <laughs> my, body's a mess, my body's a mess, but my brain's worse. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, same. My brain. You, yeah, you gave me that. It's genetic. <laughs> Sorry about that, darling. The oh, internal, what is it? Chaos that goes inside my head. I'm a. I don't know what they call people that just have, they just talk to themselves all day, every day. Every, there's about a thousand things going on up there. It's, yeah. it's just chaos, but a good chaos. I kind of like it in a way. Yeah. So. Um, it helps you it, when you get it, get, get, get it going right. Yeah. It, it works amazing for you. Get it into the habit of doing the right yeah. things. Yeah. Like if, if you can, you know, if you've got that sort of brain, you know, even like a lot of people out there with, with, um, it's not the type of, uh, you know, um, OCD like you get, like you know, when people are washing their hands all the time or anything like that. It's it's a different type of OCD, yeah. It's it's um, you know, I'm not sure where that's even the name for, but we'll yeah. definitely go into that on one episode, just how our OCD brain works, and if anyone else can relate <laughs> to that <Yeah>. situation. <laughs> so. Oh, good Lord. Well, that's our time for us today. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. And we'll be back soon with another podcast. And, um, yeah, thank you. Yeah, Yeah, thanks, guys. And thanks for listening. No worries. All right, bye.